right, well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Galactic Podcast. I am Lauren Romo, and yes, Andrea is still on her diplomatic uh, mission from Alderaan, so she is not with me today to talk some Bad Batch and talk some Star Wars. But I have another special guest with me, and I'm so excited. He is literally one of my best friends on Twitter. Honestly, I can say that with 100% certainty. From the Katana cast, it is Ben McDonald. Hi, Ben. Hello, How are you, my Lauren. friend? How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> We're going to have so much fun. We'll see how much of this you can actually use in the actual episode. <laughs> but we will have a great time. <laughs> We're going to use it all. Dang it, Ben. We are going to use it all because you know what? I hate editing and I just like, <laughs> right? <laughs> I felt that in my soul. <laughs> That's a little peek behind the curtains, kids. Uh, yeah, I don't like editing, but hey, it's fun. I still do it. It's a lot of fun. Um, okay, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are a Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two, topi- one or two topics and uh, have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. And we talk about it. Ben, I have you on because we're going to talk some Bad Batch, yeah. a.k.a. also known as Dad Batch, because yes. <laughs> I think that should be like what they really should turn it to. I mean, it should be Dad Batch instead of Bad Batch, but that's just my personal opinion. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I think it should be called Dad Batch. So much good Father's Day merchandise <laughs> that could be available. Like you're missing money, Lucasfilm. <laughs> Opportunities. Yep. Seize them. Just seize them on the table. It's free money. <laughs> it's it will rain money. <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> Kennedy. I know it's your birthday today. I think you can make it happen. That's just my personal opinion. That's just my personal opinion. But yeah, so episodes five and six, we're gonna talk about uh Bad Batch. And man, I I'm loving this show. So we'll um I like to hear, you know, we'll kind of go over our thoughts on these last two episodes. So episode five was called Rampage, episode six was called Decommission. So I I'm I'm digging the show first of all. So like I'm really enjoying what they're presenting, the story being told and all that. So Ben, I kinda wanna get your overall thoughts on maybe the the season thus far. And then let's kinda and more specifically your overall thoughts on these last Two episodes, like any moments, any arcs that stood out, any of the callbacks that you know you 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 gravitated to, or anything like that. What was your overall thought so? Oh far? yeah, absolutely. So with this season of the show, we've tried something different over on the Katana Cast. Instead of doing weekly recaps, we've decided to just not talk about it on mic until the season's over, so we can just sit Ooh, down like and that. have a That's full a conversation. Idea. Mm-hmm. So this has been really fun because I get to watch it like a normal, non-crazy podcaster person might get to watch it. <laughs> I get up in the morning, I wake my husband up, we sit down, we watch the episode, and I go about my day. And it's so lovely. I'm having a great time. I don't I know it. what the cool kids think about the episode because I'm not listening to anybody's recap. Uh, I mean... I will easily throw out there, it does make sense that there's lots of conversation about the obvious whitewashing in the series. That's a very blatant art directive thing. That's not acceptable, and I hope that they change that. It's not the lighting. I'm sorry, Dave. It's not the lighting. Uh, But aside from that, I do think it's a really fun, lovely, smaller show so far. 
Obviously, it could open up and branch out into larger parts of the Star Wars universe, but I'm really enjoying the smallness of it. It's the thing that I love with Rebels, because I know how much you love Rebels, because we're on mm-hmm. the same page with that. Rebels. Yep. Give me yep. just my little crew of six characters, and then take them on wild and wacky adventures across the galaxy, and I'm I'm the happiest kid in town. And it doesn't help at all that Omega is the bestest cinnamon roll in all of the world, oh, and I would do anything for her. Sweetheart, yeah. Like, yep. Oh, like Grogu who? Like, we don't know about her. Like, we don't that's know a, Grogu. That's, that's a great <laughs> I kind of like where you're going because it is kind of a a thing, like, especially with Mandalorian and now with Bad with Bad Batch. Like, you have these two brand new characters who are just phenomenal, and they are, like, the light of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, I mean, Omega is a light to kind of what's going on with the Bad Batch, like, kind of internally with the team and Crosshair and all that. And then Grogu and kind of, like, very similar to, you know, Din Djarin's journey of him being a bounty hunter and changing his ways. So that's that's a very interesting comparison, though, that you said. It's like, Grogu who? I mean, Omega (laughs) is, she's a sweetheart. She's so good. She's such an amazing, perfectly needed inoculation to the testosterone fest that this show could have been otherwise. Because obviously they buried the lead with Omega. They didn't really let us know anything. And we know how, you know, Lucasfilm tends to go. We didn't really think it would end up being the big sausage fest that they were portraying it as. But at the same time, you're kind of hoping like, okay, I hope they're not just going to do a team in space. Right. That's somebody's show, but it's not mine. And the second that Omega comes on the screen, and I know that they're just going to get in their Winnebago and go across the galaxy having adventures with their adopted daughter, I'm in. I don't care how long you want to do this show. I'm here for six years. Just Let's just go around and have fun <laughs> adventures. We've got yep. a gonk droid. We've got Clink. We have so many just little cute, fun Star Wars things. that I'm having just the time of my life with this show. Yeah, it's... You know, the callbacks are really good so far, especially these last two episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we get the Rancor, we get uh, Bib Fortuna, you know, we get a lot of Clone Wars references. We get a lot of very similar ties to, I think, the prequel trilogy, especially like the couple episodes ago when Fennec Shan was in there in the chase scene between her and Hunter gave very like OTC vibes mm-hmm. to me. So it's very like I like what they're doing story wise. I don't know how you feel about it, but like story wise, I like it. I like where they're going. I like where potentially this could lead to because I like very much like you like Rebels. I liked because it was a team of like six that we followed and it was things that we might have known previously, but we're seeing it from a different perspective. So that's what I love about this is that we're seeing the galaxy pretty much fresh off of Order 66 and the Empire, you know, and we're seeing it through these decommissioned clones' eyes, but yet we're also seeing it through Omega's eyes, Mm -hmm. who has literally been in a lab her entire life. And, like, her seeing the world, you know, I I talked about this a couple weeks ago, like, that scene with her kicking the dirt around and, like, being a child, playing catch with uh, Cut and Sue's kids. Loved it. Just, Loved it. just absolutely charming. Right. You know, so, I mean, any other kind of like callbacks or anything that you've enjoyed or any other things specifically in the last two episodes that's oh, kind of uh, brought out to you? There's so much good stuff. I love that it is it really right is. smack dab in the middle of prequel flavor and original trilogy flavor. 
which is kind of where Dave likes to play traditionally anyways, right? Yeah. But yeah, he does, right. When we're meeting Sid for the first time, that's a very bottom level Coruscant kind of feel. It's great. It's scuzzy. She's like the Trandoshan Paula Poundstone. Like she's <laughs> such a fun character. I'm she's sure she's going to betray them. And I kind of won't care. Like she's if right, Maz Kanata right. had no moral issues whatsoever. Like I so love true. Sid. She's great. Uh, Moochie needs to be on all the merch. Like, I, I just need Moochie not to be that rancor because I want Moochie to live a long, happy life someplace else. She's great and deserves the world. God, they've given us so much in just these two episodes, really. These have been really fun and not overly callbacky, right? Because Star right, Wars can get right. a little insular and just turn in on itself. Uh, the the choice of including the Martez sisters was so smart because oh yeah we'll talk about them I had ooh, to go ooh. on Twitter timeout to make sure that I didn't get spoiled about the episode because I didn't get a chance to watch it when it came out yesterday morning at the time that we're recording this but I knew there was a cameo so I spent all day just being really concerned about like well who do they choose like what character would they choose to do a cameo and is it going to throw the show off is it going to feel like it's too big like I love Ahsoka I hope it's not Ahsoka I don't need the like Clone Force 99 to run into Ahsoka. That's that's a little bit too much yet. Like, let's let's keep things slow. I love the slow burn of this show. Uh, it feels a lot like Mandalorian season one in that way, where I love the slowness of it. Like, you don't have to ramp yeah. it up for me right now. I could do this for 20 episodes. Just give me these little vignettes. And I'm I'm happy, happy camper. Yeah, it's it's really nice. Like, again, the pacing of it is really good. So, like, I mean, you can say, and I hate the word filler because I don't mm-hmm. believe any episode is a filler. Proof in point, Rebels with the Purgle. Mm-hmm. Like, Dave laughing at everybody at the end of season four. Like, ha, ha, ha. You guys <laughs> thought that was funny in season two. Wait till season four. And it and it paid off in a beautiful way. So, like, these episodes in just like the Martez sisters, who we'll, we'll talk about later on, but, like, they're the payoff from what we learned from them in season seven is now, I think, going to pay off in this show. So I, I and I'm fine with it. And I know people kind of call it like Filoni verse and whatever. That's fine. Like you said, Dave, Dave stays in a certain box, which is great, though. Like he knows that box. Mm-hmm. So specifically, he does it very well. He knows how to tell that story within certain with that in that certain era. And I'm and I'm here for it, you know, so like I'm really excited to see what he's going to do moving forward because we've had so many callbacks to Clone Wars, like Sue and Cut. Um, we've had, you know, Pantera and all like all these other little 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 Easter eggs, like you're saying, too. Right. Like even resistance. We've had some resistance stuff pop up uh, in a couple episodes ago. So, like, I like what they're doing with that. They're kind of pulling from different mediums, different you know, eras and connecting it very similar to rebels, you know, in my opinion, but the, and I, and I would be remiss without saying the animation has been spectacular so far. I don't know. How have you felt about the animation? Like it's been, it was beautiful. It's oh, that clone oh. Wars season seven animation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where that's, yeah. it's so moody when it wants to be, but it stays within the art style. It's obviously not going for, lifelike but it it works so perfectly yeah it's 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 i mean i i think it i mean if you look at it like clone wars to rebels to resistance and then to bad batch like animation i've talked about this before star wars animation is some of my favorite stuff like specifically rebels is and you and i've talked about like rebels is my favorite like i i just love rebels 
Bad Batch is turning into something that I'm loving, but I'm waiting to see where the story goes, right? Because like you said, I mean, you can't really take, you can't take like a six episodes that we have seen out of whatever, a 16 episode season and kind of base your opinion on it. You know what I'm saying? Like you really do have to get all the episodes and then kind of make a decision on, okay, that was definitely for me or not for me, or this is what I liked, what I didn't like. And that's fine. You know, but like I, like, like I was talking about like filler episodes, like it's, I think there's no filler episodes. And I think we've learned that. I think Dave has taught us that there's nothing filler. I mean, even in Mandalorian, all the episodes matter. Like it really did story wise, you know, the, the longer storytelling, it mattered each episode. So I know these episodes will pay off. And specifically, I think with Omega, because I think what she's learning from, you know, these other characters and from the Bad Batch is really crucial. I mean, like the lesson she's learning about using her skills for good now, you know, I mean, specifically like with the Martez sisters who we'll talk about in a little bit, but like, you know, they are showing not only Omega, but even the Bad Batch themselves that other things are happening outside of, you know, the empire that people are, you know, trying to resist what's going on and that they are trying to do it for the right reasons. So like things like that, strength and perseverance. I think she definitely learned that specifically in this past episode of like, especially from like Sid, that le- that little conversation in the, in the bar or whatever about, you know, getting her strength up and being able to use the bow. Like it just shows that these are little lessons that I think she's learning along with the bad batch. But I think her specifically is learning, you know, to be a team, a team player and to be fearless. You know, I I think these are beautiful lessons that I am enjoying seeing this character go through. So I don't know how you feel like with Omega's kind of arc. So overall, have you been enjoying it? Anything kind of stick out to you overall? I love her so much. I couldn't put it into words. She's such an amazingly, perfectly charming character. And she's not cutesy. She's not like that. She did. They don't do the wide eyed, like Porg thing. And I love Porgs. Don't right. get me wrong. Right. But like, right, she's right, not right. even a Grogu where she's so like tiny and cute that she'll be a plush, even though give me as much Omega merch as you want. <laughs> Omega I will plush. buy it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Lucasfilm. Is anybody listening to this? Plushy Omega. Like, she's a fully formed character. She very yeah, clearly she has all of her own thoughts and opinions. She's wide eyed, but she's not overly naive like she's an appropriate amount of naive for her age and for her sheltered experience but she learns quick she's tough as nails she's a brave little thing who just wants to take care of her a new family that she's found like she she'll dive in after jump into holds after monsters or whatever else she needs to do like she doesn't right. hesitate because she's she's built out of the same stuff that they are we're assuming and right hoping. assuming, assuming uh, yeah She's she's just such a good character to see this story through. And she brings such a interesting kind of like flavor to the Bad Batch. And I already said that she's kind of inoculation against the testosterone of it. But she opens up all of our characters to just this other side of them that we wouldn't have able to be seen. Otherwise, we get to see this really paternal side of Hunter come out Um, and then even kind of this like awkward stunted but really cool uncle vibe that echo has with her <laughs> <laughs> i like, love echo so much he's, he's a little bit 
like, I don't know that you would necessarily want him to watch her for long periods of time. But like, if you had to go grocery shopping, like you could still leave for at least like a two hour period. You know, that she won't be, pinch, she won't be it, on right? fire, but you wouldn't let him take her out camping. <laughs> Like, is <laughs> the way that she interacts with Wrecker, like Wrecker is the actual right. 10 year old that he should be. And like their dichotomy is so sweet. He builds the little room for her. Like, I love Wrecker. I love Wrecker so much. Like just someone please give the give him an ibuprofen <laughs> and let's let's we'll fix his problem. We're so, gonna talk about so it a little bit. <laughs> but you know, it's funny that you said that because so last week I had Sarah from uh Friends of the Force on, and she we were talking about how the Bad Batch, like the vibes, the dad vibes they give off. And the one she said for record, and I think it was so funny, is that like he's that dad that doesn't understand that he's at a cheer competition, but he knows <laughs> routines. He will like, you know, rah, rah, all of it, but completely not understand what like it's what's going on per se. Mm-hmm. Like that's the dad vibe he gives off for me. Like he's that he's that he's that dad. Oh like, yeah, record full on like yeah, definitely yeah. runs out onto the softball field to yell. Like that's like record's got a little bit of an issue where you're like, Dad, we can't take you anywhere. Like it's okay. <laughs> Sometimes I just don't get to play. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and then Hunter's like Hunter's a strict dude. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, you know, we have to be here, here, and here at this special time and all that. Yeah. So yeah, I it, it is interesting how her personality, like you said, Ben, like it is changing. The Bad Batch, like individually, I think it's changing them and how maybe they see what's going on in in the in the galaxy right now. You know, because even like, I mean, if if Omega wasn't with them, who knows what they'd be doing right now? You know, I mean, if especially if Crosshair still goes the way he goes, you know, who knows where they would be end up? I think Omega has really kind of grounded them. In a way, and now they really do have to figure out how they need to survive on their own without being able to go back to, you know, uh, 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 Camino and, you know, get supplies or do whatever they need to do. Like they really have to learn and be mercenaries in a way now, just like Sid was kind of doing in this episode. Like I have I can give you credits. You have to do this for me, though. But they don't know what, why they were, you know, just like Rafa and Trace kind of brought up to him in this past episode, like, you know, you took a job, but you really don't even know why. So, like, they're learning, and I think Omega's really helping them kind of learn things that way as well. So I, I love the dynamic. I don't know about you. Like, I do really love the dynamic of what she's doing to each individual, like kind of bad batch person. Like she's changing them. Yeah. Everyone is teaching each other something in that ship. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, she's learning her basic skills from them, but every one of them is getting to open up and be a more interesting, inquisitive character that they wouldn't have been otherwise. And especially with episode six, we're finally getting to a point of where they're realizing that they're fully individual human beings at this point. Like they're not soldiers, they're not clone troopers. So just taking the job without asking, they don't have to do that anymore. They can make these decisions about what affects the, the greater good that they want to fight for. Uh, and I don't know that they necessarily would have gone to that as quickly if they didn't have Omega with them. I think it would have took longer. I, I agree. I think it would have took them longer to figure figure out what their true purpose was. 
you know, moving forward. I think it would have, I definitely would have took them, I think, longer to figure out. But yeah, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic and it's very, it is very Mandalorian, you know, like a father figure with Hunter and Omega, you know, so I, I do like that kind of um, storyline they're going with. And that surprised me. I don't know about you, but that, that dynamic of specifically Hunter though, too, being that kind of that really dad figure mm-hmm. where, like you said, Wrecker's kind of the uncle and so is Echo and Tech. Oh my God, Tech. I love, I tech, love so tech so much. So like- much. <laughs> and he's a slow burn. Because yeah. don't get me wrong. I love Wrecker and I that's normally not my archetype in those kind of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle personalities that I lean right, towards. Right, 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 like, right. I'm a Donatello person. So you would think Tech <laughs> would be who I would gravitate towards. But I immediately gravitated towards Wrecker because he's just, he's such a pure little thing. Uh, right. But then, like, as these shows progress, you're like, oh, God, I love them all individually. But Tech is like, Tech needs an episode now. I I yes. love him. Yes. He's just like, he's the, the smuggest little guy. <laughs> he doesn't mean to be. <laughs> right. But he's right. so great. He's like if C-3PO were a clone trooper in a lot of ways. Oh, God. Yeah. No, that's a perfect comparison. It really is. Like, especially this last episode when uh, Sid was talking about uh, the... Um, battle droids or whatever mm-hmm. the tactical droids and he was like jumped in to like ex- explain what they were and she was like I, be quiet sit down <laughs> <laughs> it was just like you can see him like look around at everybody if, i was watching it today and i just picked up on like when she started talking about the tactical droids he's like looked around at everybody and he like jumped in like it's just so funny it's just like him being i talked about this before like him being so matter of fact mm-hmm. like he's just like you know well you know Tech, why didn't you know this? Well, it wasn't pertinent information until now. So that's why I didn't say anything. Like I he's very, and I even said this to Sarah last week too. Like he reminds me of Nico a little in resistance to where like he's very matter of fact. He takes things at kind of face value. You know, he doesn't go kind of beyond that. And he just knows things because of facts and statistics and things like that. Like, I just, I love it so much. Like he definitely makes sure that they get the yeah. oil change done at the right time on the Marauder. Like <laughs> right. he may yeah. not plan out five years in advance while True. everyone else is like, well, where, what's our main objective? He's like, well, that's cool. You figure out what the main objective. In the meantime, we have supplies, rations are ready to go. Everyone's got the water refilled. Like, did you get your shots? Everyone's got their shots. <laughs> but he scheduled everyone's vaccine for them. Like yes, heck is yeah. the day-to-day admin kind of person. He's, yeah, yeah, he's that guy for sure. <laughs> but like, I mean, he's, and yeah, I, he's turned into one of my favorites for sure. You know, so again, yeah, it's just like Omega in like her personality meshing with these group of, you know, ex-soldiers. Like, I mean, stone cold killers, maybe you could maybe even argue, you know, of, of droids, obviously not people, but of droids. Like, it's interesting to see them be, you know, what we saw them in Clone in uh, Clone Wars Season 7 to now. Like, this is not what I thought the series was going to be about at all. Like, no. I, like it, and, it, and, it's, and it's a refreshing type of like, oh, okay, this is where we're going with it. This is where they're going with this story. And I am blown away. And like I said, Omega, I, oh, God, she is just, she's great. I can't wait to see what they do with her character. I know a lot of people like to theorize about, you know, oh, she could be force sensitive. She could be this, she could be that. And I understand the, the, the fun in it. You know I mean? We all like to have fun and theorize, but 
I'm for me, I'm waiting for them to tell me that story to let me know what what she who who she is and what she's going to be. You know, right now she's just a I assume at face value she's a a clone that the uh the Kaminoans made maybe on the side or as kind of what they did with clone you know the uh clone force 99 you know they they did something a little different and this is the the product of that that's kind of where i'm going with who she is right now and i don't i know about you i don't i'm not necessarily buying the force sensitive stuff yet but yeah the hints, maybe, but I, I still, I don't know about you. Still, I just, I'm not, I'm I don't not sold know on that I need it. Because I know right, it's a thing her character. That we've I talked agree. about I a agree. lot is that the, the, the why in Star Wars is no, or excuse me, the how in Star Wars is never as important as the why. Yeah. So like, sure, she could be a pump full of Grogu midichlorians and like they, they tampered with clone, blah, 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 blah. Like that could happen. And if there's a good story out of it, then go for it. Whatever. You right. know, it's all fiction. Right. Yeah, I'm not gonna be sad. I'll be happier if she's just a clone. That's right. You know, I'm a, a huge fan of the idea of Ray Nobody. Like, I oh, want to yeah, see just too. the people who like they are important because they do important things, not because of their lineage. Uh, I know a lot of people, for example, are like, "Hey, she might be a Palpatine clone," and you know, she she might be. I really hope I would hate to see another female character in star Wars defined by their mm. lineage to chief Palpatine. Uh, if we could not yep. do that again, that would be super great for me. I'd love that. Like, I just want her to just be a normal girl who's out. Well, she's not normal. She's, she's extraordinary just because she exists, but right. I want to see right. her go out and make whatever she wants of herself in the galaxy without being saddled with like, Oh cool. She's got force abilities. So, you know, that something has to happen to her because otherwise we would have seen her in the original trilogy. Like, no, let her just be a person and she can be whatever person she wants to be. Right. Right. No, a hundred percent agree. Yeah. I, uh, I can't wait to see what they do with her character. Cause I'm, I'm very excited kind of where they're going to take that. Cause it could go a lot of different ways. It could go a lot of different ways. And that's kind of exciting. All right. So I, I want to touch on Wrecker because who it's a little scary because the last few episodes or yeah, it was like a few episodes ago, a few episodes ago we saw him bump his head and it was, you know, kind of like, Oh, maybe it was just like a small thing. But then these last few episodes, it's kind of gotten more and more. And then obviously this past episode, it's gotten to the point where he is hearing crosshair and he is saying, you know, good soldiers follow orders. Then I'm nervous. <laughs> Yeah, I'm nervous for Rutger. I need to get so, him to an inhibitor chip clinic I, as fast as possible. So, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it will turn into anything big yet. I think that will obviously play itself out, but I am a little nervous because, like, you know, it seems like what what happened with Rutger obviously was banging his head. You could say that that's what happened with Crosshair when Caleb, you know, Caleb or obviously Kane and Jairus, when in that first episode, he pushed him against a tree and he knocked his head back. Although, although now think about it, I think that he did that whole before he threw him against a tree. So never mind that, that goes away. But it's interesting that with Wrecker, that obviously he had to bump his head and that's what triggered the chip. Well, we're assuming that's kind of triggering a part of the chip. So... I, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous for my boy, 
What do you, do you think it's going to turn into something bigger or is it more of like a not a red herring but like a little bit of a you know we're showing you something's happening but it's going to get resolved pretty quick. I I still feel like this is going to be maybe the penultimate plot point of the season. Ooh, okay. Like okay. It may not be the biggest final clash of whatever the season finale of the show is cuz still we have no idea where the show is going. Uh anything could happen. I think it's going to be a pretty major story arc for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping it goes well for him. We love Wrecker. I would right. love to see it be about someone overcoming their literal programming, like getting to be the person they want to be, despite the inhibitor chip in your head telling you otherwise. I'd love to see that. It would also be a really good setup to show that it is possible for them to override Crosshair's inhibitor chip. Even yep. though we've seen it in Clone Wars, but if you're coming into the Bad Batch fresh, which I don't really know if there's a lot of fresh viewers. Obviously, it is so steeped in Star Wars, but let's just say you came in, Bad Batch is your first Star Wars anything. Uh, It lets you know thematically that there is some hope for Crosshair uh, if he wants that, because who Crosshair is underneath that inhibitor chip still remains to be seen. He's the clone that we know the least of the Bad Batch. So I don't know that he would want to be running around the galaxy, not following orders. We don't know. We haven't got right. to see that because they've kept him away from us intentionally, I believe. Yeah. Like there's a lot more crosshair story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that we haven't seen him since, what was it? Episode maybe two or three at this point. Like it's, it's been a minute since we've seen him. So I'm assuming this back hat, I mean, I, I, what I think it's supposed to be what? 16 episodes. Is that what we heard? I, I think, think so. 16 episodes overall. So we're almost at that halfway point at six episodes. So I'm expecting some things to start kind of changing, I think, maybe within the next couple episodes. And then I think full throttle after, you know, after the halfway point, like it's going to get, I think Crosshair is going to be more involved. I kind of agree with you because they are holding him 100% for a reason. You know, and I think they're showing us kind of what what Wrecker's going through as that kind of prelude to, oh, okay, we can do this and we can get Crosshair and we can get him back. You know, so I think that makes perfect sense. And then we do know a couple episodes ago that um, Tech was working on something and they haven't really brought it back up, up since, but he's working on something to like check their in, their chips out. Like I remember when they, it was, I think it was the second or third episode when they crashed on that planet with the glowy dragon thing. Right. <laughs> I can't remember that. I, I forget what they're called too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was making something to try to, wasn't it to locate their inhibitor chips? Because yeah, they're not right? certain where they are or if they're all outfitted with them. I assume they all are. Right. Uh, we don't even know if Mega, or excuse me, if Omega has some version of one. That, ooh, I never even thought about that to be honest. Yeah. Because we. Yeah, she. Who knows if she has some version of it? That's a and if she point. does, like, what is its job? Like, what is mm-hmm. her program? Yeah, yeah. Oh God, that yeah, that brings up a lot of, a lot of theories, a lot of you know speculation on that one. But yeah, so well, it's going to be interesting to see how that gets all kind of resolved with Wrecker because I, I don't think I mean they're doing it for a reason. They're setting it up for I think a certain purpose, but I. I think it is to show us that Crosshair can come back. I, I do think that's maybe the the end game of it, but I don't know, man. But I I, uh, I really don't I don't see them doing this. But 
you know, could it be that one, you know, one at a time they start like turning? Right. You know, I think Echo wouldn't, Echo, I think would probably be the only one that wouldn't be able to just because of what he went through on, um, on that planet. Right. And what, uh, what the I techno, ass- I assume that he just cannot, I, if his inhibitor chip is even still there at yeah. this point. Right. Like, I assume it couldn't be activated at all right. under any right. circumstances. Right. But all the rest of, I mean, Hunter, yeah, you know, uh, Wrecker, Tech, they all could be, you know, just a, a one, obviously, bang of the head away from changing. And that's kind of a scary thought as a viewer and as, you know, a fan of Omegas, too. That's a scary thought because what would that do to her? You know, if they start kind of changing and maybe, you know, turning on her, if if that's the case. I don't think right. they'll go that dark. I hope not, but you never <laughs> I, know. Right. I mean, right. You know, I guess you never know. I don't think they'll go that dark, but I think it's an interesting kind of idea is that they they could. I mean, technically, they, yeah. they could they could go pretty dark. I mean, they've already gone. They've gone pretty dark in the first couple episodes, you know, with Crosshair killing those people and like that elite group doing it with them like. That was some kind of deep and dark stuff. So they do have it in them, but it's gonna be interesting to see if they if they go that route. I don't think so, but you know, we'll 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 see. We'll see. But yeah, I I, I think Wrecker in the end will be okay, but I think this is just a I, I agree with you. I think it's just a setup, right? I think it's just a setup to what we're going to see later on in it being kind of the point of them sh- showing and being able to see that they can change the the chips. Right, and I think Rex is going to be a part of that too. Which we'll, I'm going to get to that in a little bit, but I think Rex will be a part of that as well. Um, but okay, to go from Wrecker, I want to talk about Rafa and Trace because they're back, and I love these two. I loved them when they showed up in season seven of Clone Wars, and I love them even more because I think you see them their arc really forming into really something really special for me because. With Ahsoka, you know, before they met Ahsoka, you can tell that they were kind of, well, I would say more Rafa than Trace, but they were on the seedy side of things on Coruscant. Obviously, because of where they were, their circumstances, that whole, you know, story about their parents and, you know, Lou and Renara talking to them about, you know, unfortunately it's, you know, the will of the Force per se, but, you know, that the Force will be with them. You know, it's a it was a heart it was kind of a heartbreaking kind of arc that we got in Clone Wars. But I think with Ahsoka and because of Ahsoka, I think they obviously have turned into heroes in a way now. I think they've turned their kind of dark, shady ways and they're doing something positive now. That's my gut feeling of what what they're doing and why they need that tactical droids head. I think they were gonna give it to some start of the rebellion. You know, obviously it's early on, so the rebellion isn't the rebellion that we know yet, but we know there are cells. We know that from rebels, and we just know that from, you know, canon and everything in books like that, that obviously rebel cells were forming. So in my opinion, I know the big kind of mystery ending was who they were talking about, who they were talking to when the hologram showed up. And... Rafa or uh, yeah, it was Rafa did say to Trace to bring him on. So it is a he, 
we assume this is what we're assuming based on, you know, closed caption and right. what, what they're saying. I I think a lot of people wanted to think it was Ahsoka, which I mean, it obviously makes sense because we know that's who they know and she knows them. But because Rafa said he, my mind immediately went to two people and I want to get in. I want to get your thoughts too. Oh yeah. I want to see who your two are. So my two, Initially, I thought it was Bail Organa uh-huh. because I think that makes sense because Ahsoka knows knew Bail, was very close to, I think, Bail because obviously he was close to Anakin and Obi-Wan and all that stuff. So she knows who Bail Organa was. It's not that far-fetched to think that she could, you know, connect those two, the, the Martez sisters and uh, Bail up. Between Ahsoka. I could see that. That was one of mine. I think the one that I really think is more makes sense for the story, I think, is Rex. I think Rex is the more obvious, and I think that's who that is going to be behind that hologram. Because, A, obviously, direct correlation from the end of Season 7 of Clone Wars. Obviously, we know Ahsoka and Rex were together. I think it makes sense that, you know, they would have talked about and he would know of the Martez sisters because of Ahsoka and that Ahsoka could say you can trust them. And I think the Martez sisters because of Ahsoka can be trusted now and aren't in this whole shady business anymore. I think they are part of this bigger and larger rebellion against the empire. So that's kind of my, who I thought they were going to talk to um, and who they might, you know, who we're going to see and maybe in the next episode, but who, who did you initially think of when, when that hologram came so up? So I had two. Bail okay. Organa was my first one because we nice. see like what looks like the side of kind of like a poncho design, yes, yes, uh, which looks yep. like classic Bail costume, right? Yep. Uh, yep. But if they wanted to throw that away, I didn't think of Rex and I really love the idea of it being Rex. My immediate second one, even though I have zero reason why it should be other than mm-hmm. it is a callback to another character, and we both know how much we love Rebels. But I thought of Ryder Azadi, who also Ooh. had a pretty similar costume design. No reason for it to be him, other than the fact that we know that he was like a moth on Lethal mm-hmm. at the time. So if mm-hmm. he was starting to turn while still working for the Empire, that could be a good way to tie that story in. I still would Ooh. prefer it to be Rex, but that that's the two that I thought of, at least. Right. I didn't even think about Ryder, but that's a very interesting. I kind of like that because that would be a nice tie in to Rebels. Obviously, we know Filoni. He likes to use characters. So, like, that would make that could makes a lot of sense. That would be interesting. I would love to see Ryder. I loved Ryder, too. Ryder is one of my favorite characters. So that would be an interesting pick. But, yeah, I, I for some reason, Ben, I think Rex just makes a ton of sense because yeah. we know he's in this. Like, we've seen, we seen him in the trailers. So we know he's there. I know people are like, well, he doesn't wear a poncho or whatever. Okay, I understand that. But here's the thing. He's on the run and he's hiding. Of course, he's not going to wear his clone armor outfits all the time. People can wear clothes. They can wear whatever clothes they want at any time. (laughs) You see Hunter like go from, you know, the dark uh, armor to like his, you know, Rambo Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) camo outfit. So like it's not that, you know, far fetched to think that. Rex isn't wearing his armor 24-7. So, honestly, I do think it's Rex because then, for me, that ties into, okay, 
Rex had a chip. He knows what happened. He knows how to fix it. He can tell Tech. Tech can fix Wrecker. They can get Crosshair, and they can try to fix him. That's kind of my connection to how how that could work. So that's my reasoning to think that Rex is more of the, I think, obvious and more of the, I think that's who it is. But again, maybe they're saving that, you know, Rex reveal for later. Who knows? Who knows? So then then that's why I'm, my second one was just like you. Or my other one was like you was Bail Organa. Bail Organa would be such a great choice because A, first of all, I'm a Bail Organa stan. I love that character so, oh, yeah. so much. Right. So having him in the show makes a lot of sense because we know it's the beginning of the rebellion and very early on he was a huge part of it. And we know that Rafa and Trace are from Coruscant. And again, we know that Ahsoka knows Bail. And I know people are like, well, it's going to, you know, maybe decanonize the Ahsoka novel. Not necessarily because it doesn't, it's not that it would change it. It's just that somehow they would have known or Ahsoka would have connected them somehow maybe before, you know, or at whatever. It, it can be explained without like retconning, as people like to say, the Ahsoka novel. Because we obviously know in the Ahsoka novel, she doesn't, you know, that's the first time she sees Bail in a while is at the end of that book. So, okay, yeah, I get that where, well, why would it be Bail if Ahsoka hasn't met him yet? Again, not to say that Ahsoka hasn't talked to him previously or whatever. Again, it can be explained. And again, also, you know, it doesn't, yeah. Ahsoka doesn't have to run into this version of Bail. Right. She could be off doing right. who right. knows what. Like, right. we don't exactly. know exactly when she took over as Fulcrum. Like, she could have been out doing who knows what other adventure right now. Right. Right, right, right. So I, I think it can it can work if it if they do use Bale. But I, I do I I think it's it's gotta be Rex, because I think it just makes more sense as connecting to the inhibitor trip, especially when they're really hammering it with Wrecker. And that that's you know, we know the point of you know, I think that kind of storyline is to figure it out so they can get crosshair. And we know crosshair is gonna be coming back. And we know that they miss, you know, we know that they all miss him, you know, in their own little way. And we know Crosshair misses him, too, especially in that last scene uh, in a couple, a few episodes back when he's in the in the barracks. And he's looking around and nothing's familiar to him. You know, he just sits on his, he sits on his bunk and he just, like, puts his head down. Like, a guy that knows that something is wrong, but he can't change it and he doesn't know what to do. Because he doesn't have his brothers there with him. You know, and a lot of people compare him, you know, compare it to like a whole Winter Soldier thing, which I totally agree with. Oh, yeah. You know, I I know how you felt about that. But like, I totally agree that he is definitely that. It's a very Winter Soldier kind of situation to where like, clearly they have to keep reprogramming him because he went through the freaking thing twice in, uh, in those couple episodes. So like. Clearly, they know that they it's not just we can do it once and then he's like totally on their side. Right. They have he's, to keep doing He it. is definitely fighting his programming in some yeah. way, shape or form, even though his just has more hold of him than the rest of Clone Force 99. He's still trying to push against it. There's still something right. underneath there. We right. just haven't got a chance to really meet him yet. Right. 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 So. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that's for me with the with the kind of circling back to the Martez sisters. You know, I think that's who it will. That's just my kind of number one person. I think is going to be 
is is Rex. Oh yeah, I'm and, right there with you now. And and I love and another thing that I loved about the Martez sisters is you know them kind of showing the bad batch, specifically Hunter, that you know there's things that they can do that can actually make a, a difference. It's not just that they have to you know do all these jobs for Sid without you know without questioning it. Like they should start questioning him and choose a side. Like that was a big, I think message that Rafa said to Hunter is that, you know, everybody has to choose a side. You have to choose a side. And I think that's, it's so star Wars number one, but number two, especially for the bad batch, they have to decide what side they're going to be fighting for because right now they really don't know, you know, they, you know, they're just trying to figure everything out. And again, I think that kind of, you know, message that they are giving to the Bad Batch, I think that stems from them, you know, hanging out with Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. So, like, you can see that development from, you know, when we saw the Martez sisters in in Season 7 to now and the impact that Ahsoka had on them. You know, and I know a lot of people think, you know, there's, there's speculation that maybe who they're talking to on that hologram Maybe it's uh, Dryden Voss. Maybe it's Maul. You know, maybe, you know, because they are, you know, they are what we know, what we knew them from Clone Wars. You know, they deal with like the underbelly of of Coruscant and, you know, and all that. But I just think, I think at by the end of that arc in, Clone, in, in season seven of Clone Wars, I think they changed. They changed 100% because of Ahsoka. Yeah, like Ahsoka gives them a hope that they just had never had the privilege yep. of having access to. 100%. Like, because they are they're such a great stand in for people who just don't feel like they have any other opportunities because that's how, you know, poverty works. That's how being a minority works in a lot of cases for yep. people. Those two things are intertwined. Yep. And like the the world of like Jedi and Sith fighting does not affect the Martez sisters normally. They just know that they just need food and they need to have a place that people aren't breaking into. Like they're such great characters in Star Wars. We don't get to spend as many time or excuse me, as much time with those kind of everyday characters who are living a real life that the whole rest of the galaxy is having big giant Jedi wizard fights. But as far as they know, like rent has to be paid and Rafa is going to do what needs to be done to make sure that she and her sister have a place to stay. And it makes perfect sense for those characters. You completely sympathize with them. Like, they don't have to be adorable Disney princesses who just feel really sad about their situation. Like, Rafa is a tough woman. She's out there doing what she needs to be doing. Elizabeth Rodriguez is her voice actor, and it's just, I, I love her so much oh, with what amazing. she does with that character. I'm so glad she's in Star Wars, because every time she has any line, as soon as I heard her voice on this episode, I was so excited. I know. When, when, you, when I heard her voice with uh, Omega... I was like, oh, my God, we got him. I'm like, holy crap. Like, I was like fist pumping at like 730 in the morning or whatever it was. <laughs> like, we had the Martez sisters are back. I was so excited. I was so excited. But, yeah, the, I, I'm such I'm, – I'm, I'm so excited that they're back because, like – and that's such a great point is that they are characters that we don't get enough in Star Wars. We just don't. We don't get those kind of, you know – grounded characters that you know aren't sith aren't jedi aren't part of like a larger rebellion at the time you know like it's just they had to survive on their own like they're great like rogue one style characters yes oh right? like they're very like great point galen urso yeah. 
yep. sort of like everyday people who like may be tied to larger events, but at the end of the day, it's just about them trying to make it to another day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And again, they, they, they are so, they're just so good. Like, I just love those two so much. I'm so glad that they, they are using them in this series. I honestly did not think they would show up, but I'm so excited that Filoni is using them. And I think, Hopefully we'll see more of them. I do. I do hope. I, I hope so. I think I feel like we will. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to get more of the Martez sisters. And I love the one of my favorite moments of this last episode is the the echo joke that Trace mm-hmm. said. <laughs> it's so <laughs> dumb, but it's so good. It's so Star Wars. It's, it's, so, Star it's Wars. so A New Hope. It is that George style of humor it's a very 40s serial joke it's it's, per- it's perfect <laughs> it's so dumb but it is so good and it was so well done too like it just it flowed so well uh-huh. like <laughs> and i love echo god bless his heart like <laughs> he's the OG just of the group <laughs> he's just so direct <laughs> the man's been through a lot you know and for him to like be with like this group of characters and to have been through what he has been through, you know, it's just like, oh, God, poor Echo. God, I, I love him so much. But, yeah, like, he was like, I'm Echo. And she was like, what? <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> I love Star Wars. Like, when they do that type of joke, it's When it's just Star it's Wars. Perfect. It's so Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And you, like, and you love it, though. That, that was, like, a perfectly timed joke. And it was and it was in one of those like intense situations, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, very like original trilogy, like a new hope, like, you know, them trying to get Leia out of the um, out of the, uh, the detention cell. Pers- this, yeah, detention yeah center. it's very like into the garbage chute flyboys. Kind right. of thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. So, yeah, I'm oh God, I'm so excited that they brought them back. And uh, I, I really hope we'll see them again. I really do. I I. It feels like it, right? Because obviously we know we know that the, the Bad Batch are aware of Fennec and we know that, you know, they know that she's on their tail and they need friends. And this is the this is the perfect pair, I think, for the Bad Batch to be friends with are the Martez sisters. You know, because if you think about it, like, they do have similar kind of, you know, they're in like similar situations where they have to trust kind of one another, you know, that like Rafa and Trace have to trust each other. They have to trust their, you know, themselves, the group, the Bad Batch, you know, but now I think they have to, especially the Bad Batch, they have to start trusting other people. Because Sid said that, you know, and they said that in the previous episodes, you know, I think Hunter was like, you know, we don't have a lot of friends or money at the time. So like friendships are at a premium for these guys. And I think the Martez sisters would be a perfect pair. And I hope they go on a lot of adventures. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes. Just, just put them Give in. It. It, they're such great characters. This show is really flavoring itself with great female characters in star Wars. Like we knew the bad batch was coming, but we've got Omega. We got Finnick. We've had Sid. We've got the Martez sisters. Like they're really spoiling us with some great, great, like just gritty Star Wars characters that you can really kind of sink your teeth into because they they're layered and interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah, and again, I hope 
Oh, I hope I hope we see them again. I'm pretty sure we do. Just because of how the the episode ended, I think we will find out obviously who sent who they sent uh, the Bad Batch to go. You know, to right. go see. Well, we've got to see more of them, right? Because obviously at the end of season seven, that little arc for them wrapped up in a way that I didn't really anticipate to see the Martez sisters again. Yeah. So if you're bringing them back, you have to have a story for them because otherwise you're just wasting those characters. Yeah. So give give me more of that. Also, like, God bless the shippers. I'm not normally one of them, but I'm sure that they're going to be all about Hunter and Rafa at some point. And that's perfectly (laughs) fine. And I appreciate it. (laughs) And I support it. That and I actually, you know, to be honest, I was when I watched that episode, like I was like, I kind of dig Rafa and Hunter. Like they kind of work. (laughs) They kind of do work. They're very similar people. Right, right, right. I loved it when Wrecker came down and Rafa was like, (laughs) I like him. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do, Rafa. I love it. (laughs) Uh, Wrecker, God, we love Wrecker so much. Um, so any kind of last thoughts, last, uh, observations on these last two episodes for you? Anything you want to bring up? Oh, at all? I'm just excited to see where it goes. Like we've been saying, it's, it's such a nice slow walk. I'm sure like a lot of the animated series, once we get to the midway point, like you said, it's going to suddenly ramp up and then laser focus on that, that last story arc to finish out the season tends yeah. to be how it goes. I'm just having so much fun with this. I could do another two or three episodes of this kind of slow build up. We want to go someplace else. Like, let's just surprise me. Just show me something that I didn't think that I needed in Star Wars. I yeah. didn't think that I was going to like the the episode five because I didn't know how much story you could get out of like they have to get a, a baby rancor. Love that episode. That was fantastic. <laughs> right, I need more right. baby things. <laughs> baby rancor plushies. Please and thank you, Lucasfilm. We yeah, come on. We're giving you free money here. <laughs> <laughs> we will throw it at you easily. And Omega plushies. We said Omega plushies, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I, I, I echo you, though, Ben. Like, it's it's been fun. I love watching what they're doing. And I'm trying to not get in my own head with, like, speculation and theories and all that stuff. Because I'm just trying to... What I am have learned, I think, especially the past maybe couple years with star Wars shows and content is that, you know, you have to let the writers, creators, directors tell their story. Like, like you just, you know, you can't anticipate what they're going to do because I think then you get in your own head. I mean, and I'm guilty of that, of getting in your head and like expecting something and then not getting it. And then kind of being a little bit upset about it, which is totally valid. That's, that's, that's a valid feeling and it's a valid whatever. But I think to then go after people like the creatives and all that for what they did, I think that's, to me, that's kind of craziness. Like, I understand we all have expectations, but like, I I think we have to, in, in my personal opinion, we have to let them tell us a story. Mm-hmm. Especially with long form storytelling. Yeah. Like these yes. aren't just individual movies. So critiquing an individual episode, and people feel differently about this. To, that's fine. You know, everyone's opinion is at, at least worth considering sometimes, maybe not everyone's. Right. Sometimes. But Thank when you. it comes to this, <laughs> some people like to individually critique every 30 minutes of television. Like it's its own individual thing. And that's, you know, that's a way of doing it. But when if I want to see the full story. Right. And then at the end of it, if I think that they should have made 
better decisions or I'm upset with the way a character got handled or treated or like the way that representation was handled. That's a completely valid conversation to have. But in the meantime, I can't be angry at something that I don't know what's going to happen. Like if right now, if I wanted to come on and be like, well, I hate what they're doing with Wrecker because they're making, he's like the biggest dude of all of them. And like, because he's dumb, he's going to turn bad. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. So it's my job to just see what the story that's presented to me. And then you get to interact with that. Yeah. Yeah. But we've talked outside of the show, for example, like I feel like the way that I'm interacting with the Bad Batch is so directly, uh, it's, it's, um, Whoa, where, where's the word influence? There it is. Easy word. Mm -hmm. Not a hard word. It just left. (laughs) So it's directly influenced by the Marvel TV because we've Mm. talked about it outside of how much we enjoy just getting to watch a thing that we're fans of, but we're not heavily involved. Yes. It's like every week I get a new part of this story. I get to sit down and have a good fun time and I get to talk about it with my friends and then that's it. Yep. I don't have to have a big hot take about it. I don't got to talk for 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour about it. So I'm trying to take a little bit of the fun that I had with like WandaVision and then apply that to the Bad Batch. It's like, did I like this episode myself? Did I have a fun time? Cool. Am I excited to see what happens next? Great. Let's see what happens. Like, let's play in this world that they're giving us. Yeah. No, God, 100% well said, because I think that is something. I, I mean, it's just as fans overall, I think we need to do that better is just understand that not everything's going to be for us. Not every episode is going to be fantastic. But overall, like you're saying, the story is what is most important. What they're telling us is more important than, you know, like you're saying, a 45-minute video of a 30-minute episode. Right. <laughs> like, what's, what's the point? I don't understand. Why do we do that then? For cl- just red for circles and- on everything. Yeah. For clicks and, su- and subs is yep. that's why we do it. <laughs> All right. So before we wrap up the show, uh, we do have an Ask the Gals question. And it comes from Mr. Positivity himself, Neil Lowry. And he says this. Um, Will it be difficult to get back to Star Wars movie experience after great content on Disney Plus? Thanks for all you do make uh, to make Star Wars a positive discussion. Thank you, Neil. You are a positive, you know, the king of positivity yourself. So I appreciate you all the time. So, you know, kind of what we were kind of talking about, you know, it's Disney Plus is spoiling us, not just with Star Wars, but like you're saying, Marvel. Like, geez, these series have been, uh, like, fantastic. They've been fantastic. The Mandalorian has been great for what it is. You know, the new Marvel stuff has been, I've been enjoying it. I know you've been enjoying it. Because like you said, we, on that level of Marvel specifically, like, I can sit back, like you said, I can sit back and enjoy it. I'm not analyzing it for, you know, deeper cuts, deeper meanings, whatever. I'm just enjoying the ride in what they're, you know, showing me week to week. You know, and, and it is, as Star Wars fans, you know, especially, you know, we, we podcast, we both podcast about it. Like we, you know, we do take it maybe more of a deeper cut at it when we watch it, where we critique it a little more. And it's hard not to though, because you, we, you know, we're just involved in it that right. much. But, you know, I think what Neil's saying about, you know, are we, is it going to be, you know, difficult to get back into the movie experience? I don't think so because I, I actually was just, I just went back to the movies for the first time. This past week, and I saw A Quiet Place 2. Oh, I'm so excited for that. 
Oh, it was good. We'll we'll talk off. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I didn't know I missed that experience until I went back. Like I missed going to the movies. I missed sitting there looking at a big freaking screen and just escaping for like two an hour, you know, two hours and just enjoying myself eating freaking popcorn and sipping my drink and just enjoying life for like two hours. Like I missed that. So once star Wars comes back the, you know, theatrically, my God, I can't wait. Like, because it's, it's something that I've always, you know, these past few years, I've been to every opening night of each movie, you know, Rogue One, all of it. Like, I get excited for Star Wars movies, and I know that will not go away. Like, it's just it's just who I am. Like, I will be excited for the next Star Wars movie to come out. So, I don't, I think by the time we get another movie, which is what, 2023 or 2023? I think so. Yeah, with um, Patty Jenkins. Obviously, hopefully, fingers crossed, at the time, you know, things are obviously way better. I mean, they're better now than what they were a year ago. We're slowly kind of getting back to a new normal. But obviously, I think by the time that comes about in 2023, we'll be in a, we'll be in a better spot. So, like, going to the movies, I think, will we'll be fully back. Because, I mean, I, I think people have missed it. I don't know about you, Ben. Oh, yeah. I've missed movies. Like, I miss, I miss the, going to the movies. I'm not a people person, famously, right? Like, Amen. Me neither. I, I'm, I don't <laughs> want to necessarily be in a room full of 100 people, but I really miss the communal experience of you go into a room and it's dark and you're not allowed to look at your phone and you have to sit there and shut up and eat your candy and drink your soda, have your little popcorn, and then you all watch this movie together with people that you yep. don't know and you probably would not get along with outside of it. But you don't have to know any of their information. They could right? be the biggest, right. most obnoxious person that you've ever met in your life. But when the joke is really good, they laugh at the joke part. And then when the thing's sad, the lady two aisles back like cries. I, I miss that feeling of like everyone experiencing something at the same time. Because I haven't seen a movie in a theater since Birds of Prey before we went into lockdown. Uh, so it's like February of last year. And I just really miss that experience of especially as a person with extreme ADHD. It's hard for me at home even to sit down and then not check my phone, like not, not just look at Twitter when it buzzes and not get up and wander around. Like if I know I paid my $15 to sit down and be still and watch a movie, exactly. I'm actually going to experience it correctly. Yeah, it's I yeah, I I don't think it's going to be difficult for Star Wars to get, you know, like to be excited for theatrical stuff because I think what Disney Plus is doing is really giving us little stuff and then obviously the movies are going to be the big thing. You know, that's it's just going to be like that event that just like going to a Marvel movie. Like it's just it's an yeah, event. It's exactly. Just an event, you know, like I like, love watching these series at home. I love having them yep. available for like this weekly dose of extraordinarily expensive television and they're beautiful and they've got great actors. But at the same time like I want to go sit down and watch the big Marvel movie with other people. I want to have that Star Wars experience because like uh you know Force Awakens for is what I'll use as an example cuz that's still one of like my favorite Star Wars film going experiences ever. It's like the nine times that I saw Force Awakens when it was out. <laughs> it's like you can't replicate the feeling in the room with an audience of people 
seeing the lightsaber on Starkiller Base wiggle for the first time and then fly to Rey. Like, you can never replicate that moment. It's like the all the Avengers coming back at the end of Endgame. Like, you couldn't replicate that unless you have that audience vibe. Like, you just feed off of everybody. And, like, that's... You can't bottle it, no matter how good your TV is. All the settings are good. Your soundbar is great. Like... (laughs) Right. Everything's working right. great. You can't have it because you don't have 400 people in the same room being right. very quiet and not having to see their faces. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Exactly. Yeah, it is. It's going to be. I Yeah. I'm excited to get back to going to movies. You know, like I said, I just uh, Quiet Place 2 was my first one back since I honestly. Oh God, I want to say it might have been Tross. Like it. Tross might have been my last movie I saw in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's been a minute since I've been into a movie theater. So, it felt good. It felt really, really good to get back into a movie theater and just sitting there and just enjoying, you know, a a, a film on the big screen. So, yeah, I, I think by the time a theatrical Star Wars movie comes back, I think people are going to be excited. People are going to be just like us. We'll, we're going We'll be there know. first night. We'll yep. all be excited. It doesn't yep. matter if you're sitting at listening to us right now being like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm done. Like, I don't really care. <laughs> you will be there. You will right? be there opening night. You'll have the t-shirt with the logo on it. You'll buy all four of the popcorn <laughs> tins. You'll be asking if they have the special 3D glasses. It's going to happen. Star Wars gets you. They know what they're doing. Because <laughs> that trailer is what's going to get us all oh, in yeah. again. Uh, I mean, I can't. I, I just saw the imagine. Rise of Skywalker trailer again the other day and got excited for a movie that <laughs> I already... I saw that and was like, I can't wait to see that movie. And it's like, well, you you did, sweetheart. That's the problem. <laughs> but I'm like, if I could have gotten that movie, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Like, that's a Phantom yeah. Menace level trailer of like... Uh, yeah. That, I want... God, that trailer. Oh, oh. it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> And I just and now I'm just thinking of like you know celebration next year, mm-hmm. like what they're gonna give us. And again, that like I think that's a big part too. How we're really going on a tangent, but I love it that you know celebration. Like I that really when I went in Chicago, like that really changed a lot of things for me because like it really showed how much people love this franchise that like. I was aware, but I was like blissfully underwear of like really how many people love it as much as I do. Like I didn't understand it until I went to celebration. Like I just, I didn't get it. And then I went to celebration and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Like I get it. Like the energy is great. Like people were just talking about what they loved about Star Wars. There's no freaking, you know, fandom menace people. Like it was glorious because they're not paying six hundred dollars to go sit around and talk about how much they hate a thing well some of them are but hopefully i don't have to run it to them amen amen but like it's just it was a great feeling and so like you know when obviously the situation you know what we're in happened and they had to push it back to 2022 like i really think that hurt star wars in momentum as far as you know keeping people together keeping things you know positive and everything like that like I think it hurt. So I really think that next year celebration is going to do wonders for Star Wars. I don't know if you feel the same way. Oh, but yeah. Like I, I mean, I think it will. Like celebration has those moments that you'll always remember, like uh, yeah. Ahmed Best coming back out on the stage uh-huh. for the first time and just how overwhelmed he very clearly is with how just elated the audience was to see him. Like those are celebration moments that you don't get otherwise. Uh, and I can't imagine what it's going to be like now that people have been denied a celebration. 
uh, and then we get another one. We and we didn't know when it was going to be or where it was going to be or if we we're going to be allowed to go. Uh, you know, I'm. I, I will still do unchristian things to get tickets at this point because I'm waiting for them. But if not, I will be across the street just waving at you as you go into the convention center. Like, just give me just a touch of the energy. <laughs> well, I have, so I booked my hotel. I don't have actual tickets yet. So I'm still on the, the hunt for tickets too. But, you know, I, yeah, I just, I can't wait. Like, I'm so excited to meet. Every people that I've met over the, you know, over the course of the last couple of years because of the podcast, like I'm just, I'm excited. And I think, I think it will do wonders. I think bringing people, you know, bringing Star Wars together again, which is really is a huge thing. And then just like, kind of like, like what Neil is saying about, you know, the difficulty and maybe people, you know, with Disney plus and getting these series, you know, is it going to hurt the theatrical? I really don't think it will. Because no, I don't think so. Once we see like a Patty Jenkins trailer of Rogue oh, yeah. Squadrons, I'm going to go ape. I'm going to go insane mm-hmm. just like everybody else. And I'm going to be like, all right, winter tickets going on sale. Like, I can't wait. Like, let's go. Let's go. Give it. Give it to me. Yeah. We'll all be we know- blowing Fandango's website off the face of the planet. <laughs> to get tickets. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I can't. Yeah. I. Yeah, I, I think we'll be fine. I think Star Wars will be fine. I think Celebration will be a huge thing for that, though. I really oh, yeah. do. I think Celebration will be a huge, huge kind of big, big thing for that. So, okay, that wraps up this episode. Ben, thank you so much for joining me. Thank I you so much for letting me come. Aww. This was so much fun. <laughs> we had to do it more often, 100% for sure. Uh, let the good people know, Mr. Ben, where they can find you on socials and where they can find all the podcast info as well. So you can find me on Twitter at Ben is the worst. And if you want to hear me, I would say every other week, but it's really whenever we feel like releasing an episode, because you know what? We don't get paid. Uh, you can hear me on the Katana cast, which is a Star Wars podcast dedicated to celebrating and exploring the saga through our own unique certain points of view, highlighting the viewpoints of queer, trans and black and indigenous people of color and women. We have my co-hosts, Era and Maria of Sisters with Sabres. We have a great time. We get loud. We do get blue. So it is, it's, uh, it's not kid friendly, but it is parent friendly. Uh, we do have a content disclaimer. So it's, you might <laughs> want to put the kids to bed. It's not necessarily a carpool kind of podcast. Might be. I don't know your kids. That's your business. But if you want to come and have a fun, loud, cackly, stupid, silly time with us as we talk about Star Wars and everything else under the sun. Join us over there. We're at the Katana Cast on Twitter. We'd love to have you on. We've been trying to get Lauren and Andrea for quite a while just to be completely on. It's just I've got five people whose schedules do not match up no matter it's what timing. we try it's to timing. do. Yeah. But once we get it, we will have a great time. <laughs> no, 100%. Yeah, I can't wait to get uh, to get back on the show because I know I, I was on like, oh, this is a, God, how long ago was that? Mandalorian season two something or other yeah like it's been a minute it was the first episode it was the first episode of mandalorian season two yes it was yes yes yes. you are correct you are correct so yeah i can't wait to get back on with you guys yeah guys if you're not following if you're following us you're not following katana cast uh do yourself a favor go follow them on twitter sub subscribe do all the good stuff uh for their podcast as well so 
If you can follow me, Lauren Romo at Knows on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can follow the Galactic Podcast at the Galactic Pod on Twitter. And you can follow, find this episode and more on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the platforms, all the good stuff you can find us. Ben, we like to say, may the force be with you to end our show. Would you be so kind as to give us a good may the force be with you? Absolutely. And may the force be with you always. Always. Always.